I'm just so glad to be here and, and uh, feel the presence of the Lord. Uh, I have to admit, uh, when we turned and saw the church, I again was shocked. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. And we just thank the Lord for it. Because when, when we are involved in His work, He can open doors and He can shut doors. But it looks like He really opened a wide door here. So we thank you for all that you're doing. And uh, I'm just glad to be here. And uh, the Lord is uh, speaking to us today. And I pray that uh, we can uh, hear from Him. Now, I'm here to talk about money. So just relax. Just relax. Uh, now, let me just, let me just bring this point out. In the Bible, there are some 500 scriptures on prayer. There are some 500 scriptures on faith. In excess of 2,000 scriptures on giving. So I am in the will of God. I believe that. I believe that. Now, I want to just call your attention to the book of Mark, chapter 12. And I want to begin reading with verse 41. And I'm sorry I didn't give my, I have notes to give to the PA system, but I walked through the door and forgot to hand it over. So let me just begin Mark, chapter 12, beginning with verse 41 which reads like this, And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all of her living. So I'm in the Bible when we talk about giving. And there is joy in giving. You know, we sing that song, there's joy in giving, and I found it to be true. The more you give to Jesus, the more he'll give to you. That's Bible. And uh, so you may be seated, and uh, I just uh, want to speak a few minutes today on, on giving and the joy of giving. Now, in this particular setting that I read to you, Jesus was in the temple watching the giving that was being received. Now Jesus was watching and he observed a number of wealthy people passing by giving out of plenty. But his attention was drawn to a widow lady who came by in the same line only she didn't give a big amount like those uh, before her but she had just a little bit to give. The Bible lets us know that she gave two mites, which is equal to one farthing. Now, how much is that? Well, a mite was the smallest of copper coins, normally equal to one-eighth of a penny. Not even a penny. 
just one-eighth of a penny. Now, a farthing was a Roman coin valued at one-fourth of a penny. So really, she didn't give much. But Jesus was off to the side watching those that were giving. Now, when he saw this widow lady come by, and then the Bible lets us know that, uh, you know, as he was watching, he turned to the disciples and said, you see that lady, that widow lady there? He said, she has given more than all the others put together. Now, I suppose the disciples, they must have looked at Jesus and said, but did you see what I saw? And he could look at them and say, yes, but I saw more than what you saw. I saw more than what you saw. Now, really, the message declared by our Lord on this occasion is this, that a gift is to be evaluated not by its size, but by a comparison of the gift with the total amount possessed by the giver. Now, we've already had an offering taken here this morning, or this, well, whatever time it was. But uh, the, the Lord was watching, and he saw all the giving that was, that was given. But you, you see, he, he was watching how much we kept to ourselves. We don't like to admit that. We don't like to, uh, to, to, to realize the fact that God Almighty is watching what we give. Now, a large donation out of abundance may be less significant than a small donation out of poverty. This woman gave the smallest possible gift that was given. But... Even though it was small, in the eyes of the Lord that was watching, he said it was the most. Because she gave everything she had. Everything she had, and the Lord was watching. Now, man sees what is given. God sees what is left. Man sees what is given. Man sees what we have left. I was in Columbia, Mississippi a number of years ago, and uh, I was there for a weekend. Uh, it was uh, Saturday, uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night. <clears throat> and uh, the, the Freemans were also there that weekend. Former missionaries, well, they've gone on to their reward with the Lord. But, but uh, they were there, and, and uh, when the offering was taken that night, uh, and after it was re- received, people came up around the altar and prayed. And then various ones walked back to their seat. Then there was a widow lady came right down the center aisle of that church, came up to the edge of the platform, and she said, Brother Lehman, I want to tell you about me. I want to tell you what tonight, uh, I-, I was impressed to make a $10 commitment, but I have no income. I live with my family, my children, and that is how I live. But tonight, I felt God impress me to give $10. And so uh, she said, I gave. And then when I walked back to my seat and sat down, she said, I opened up my pocketbook, and there was a $100 bill in my pocketbook. I don't know where it came from. But God did. God did. 
I didn't know the full story until the next morning. Uh, one of the men in the church was driving me to Jackson, Mississippi to catch a flight back to St. Louis. And on the way to the airport, I, I related to him about the widow lady and uh, her story. How that she, she made a commitment of $10 a month and, and uh, had no income. And then found a $100 bill in her purse. And as he was driving along, and I was relating, I was the passenger... He was driving along, and, and uh, then all at once he said, I know who that was. He said, last night, my wife came to me and said, I am to give her some money. He said, I didn't know how much money she gave her. <laughs> but he did. <laughs> we have no idea of what goes on in every service. In our hearts and in our minds. Now giving is a part of living. You cannot take your next breath until you give your last one. Now if you want to prove me wrong, just, just take a deep breath and hold it. Do not exhale, just hold it. Now try to take another deep breath. You can't do it. Because you've got to give and receive. That's how you stay alive. That's how you got here this morning. You can't take your next breath until you give your last one. Now, giving is a part of living. I hope we understand it before this service is over. Because I, I believe in it. I know God Almighty does wonders. Now, God even does it to children. Um, a former pastor in Houston, Brother James Kilgore, uh, who was quite a missionary man. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I, in fact, I, I don't know how many years I was with him. He, he always had his missions conference on the first Sunday of May. And I'd have to go back and, and look. I, I've got how many years I was there, but I, I, it doesn't register right now. But he related to me an incident that happened with a little Sunday school girl. Now, they had a number of Sunday school buses that they went out and picked up children for Sunday school. And uh, there, one Sunday morning, there was a little girl that came to Sunday school, went to her class, and had three little flowers in her hands. And uh, when she got there and, uh, in, in their Sunday school classes, every Sunday, they always took up a missionary offering. And uh, that particular Sunday, this girl, who brought three little flowers with her, went in the Sunday school class, told her teacher why she brought flowers instead of money. She said, teacher, uh, I'm the only one that, that comes to church. And she said, we had no money at home, but I wanted to give in the missionary offering. So I picked up three little flowers and brought them for the missionary offering this morning. Well, it really moved that teacher. That this girl wanted to give, even though she had no money, she was able to bring some flowers. Right. Well, between the Sunday school and the morning worship, the teacher made her way to the pastor and told him the story. And he said, well, let me have those flowers. He said, maybe I can go to the platform this morning and, and get, uh, get some money out, out of these flowers for the missionary. So he walked to the platform that Sunday morning, related the story, and then he said, is there anyone here that will give me $500 for these flowers? 
You know, it was a brave pastor to do that. But there was a new man that had walked in church that Sunday morning. He stood up. He said, I will give you $1,000 for those flowers. Before the service was over that night, that man was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God watches our giving. Now, Jesus was observing how those people gave in that march, in that temple march that morning. You see, some of them, they wanted to make sure everybody saw what they gave. And so, you know, they gave so that people could see the amount. But I can see that widow lady. I, I can see her feeling like, I don't have much to give at all. And, and I can see her doubling up her fist, putting it down in the pan, sliding it off, and keep right on moving. But the Lord saw. And that's why he turned to the disciples and said, she gave more than all the others put together. And they no doubt questioned that many, many times. But Jesus knew what he was talking about. You see, this woman gave, and, and she had no more to give. And the Lord was watching. And he watches each of us every time the offering is taken. I'm talking about money this morning because I believe there is so much in the Bible about giving that if we don't give, you're not going to make it. It's just that serious. It's just that serious. Now, you, you, you see, if the spirit of giving could grip us like God wants us to grip us, we could do so much more for the kingdom. I, I recall an incident that happened uh, a few years ago. I, I was invited to the Ohio camp. I'm originally from Ohio, although I've lived in St. Louis many years. But I'm originally from Ohio, and I was invited back during their camp, and you just came out of your camp here. So I was invited back because they were wanting me to help raise $5,000 for a work in Burma. That's, that's where the money was to go. And I, I was thinking, now, now I don't know how it is in Kentucky, but in Ohio, the, the mission service was not all that great. And I was trying to figure out, now, God, how, how can I get $5,000 out of this little crowd? And I stood up there and and I related to them that there was a need. And I said, I would like, uh, I'd like for five pastors uh, that will give me $1,000 each. And they sat there. Then there was a pastor by the name of Brother Fred Kinsey, a strong missionary man. Stood up, he said, he said our church will give it all. And he told me later, he said, Brother Lehman, we did not have it. We just did not have it. But he said, I, I, was, I went home, and the following, uh, the following Sunday, he said, I presented the need to the church that at the camp I committed $5,000 from our church, and we don't have it in the treasury. But he told him, he said, now look, he said, after I uh, finish my message this morning, he said, if you uh, will simply come and, and let me know how much money you'll give, he said, then we'll tally it up. He preached that that Sunday morning, and after he was finished preaching, he looked up and they were lined up all the way back the center aisle of that church. They started writing down, one after another, one after another. And when it was finished, 
the amount was $7,500 that morning. Why? His message moved some hearts. His message let them know that we need to give. And our giving helps to reach this lost world. You see, if you can't go in person, will you go in purse? It'll register in time. God was pleased with that congregation. Uh, the Bible says in, uh, in 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, the Bible says God loveth a cheerful giver, a cheerful giver, not a fearful giver. There is a difference. There is a difference. God loveth you when, when you sit in a service, not necessarily just this service, any service. If you're sitting in that service and you feel God tug at your heart, of what you are to do, you need to respond. Now fear says, oh, I can't do it. But love says, God will help it. God will provide. And I, I, I have, uh, in fact, uh, out in the vestibule there, I have two books, uh, both of them on giving. One is God loveth, uh, or no, I'm sorry, faith, <laughs> I've got my secretary here, and she helps me. Faith brings an empty basket, and faith fills an empty. That's the new one. That's the new one right there. I, I've got. Uh, uh, <laughs> you might you, you might get a message or two from that one. But listen, you know how in the world I'm I'm in the position I'm in. It's amazing to me. I pastored in Lancaster, Ohio. And uh, God, the last year I pastored, uh, we saw uh, 124 baptized in Jesus' name and 108 got the Holy Ghost. And the, the, uh, the yearly average was 464, 464. That was our yearly average. How in the world I ever got here talking about money is, is only God. That's all I can say is. I can't say that I was a strong preacher when pastoring on giving. But I'll tell you this. God has opened my understanding on giving until I believe it. It, 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 is, it, it thrives in me. That, that book, both books have over 200 testimonies. The first book is on your giving. And the second book is the results of your giving from overseas. We've got testimony after testimony where people were raised from the dead. Why? Because your giving sent the missionary, they preached the gospel, and God brought the results. It still works today, church. It still works today. You know, in Luke, uh, in Acts chapter 20 uh, and verse 35, Luke writes and says, It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now, we understand the joy of receiving, but the Bible says, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now that comes by giving. That understanding comes by giving. Now, uh, there's something about giving that gets the attention of Almighty God. Uh, there's just something about it that, that, that is so exciting. 
In fact, our missionaries, our missionaries are the top giving group in the fellowship. Last year, last year, our, our foreign missionaries gave over $200,000 more than the top giving church in the fellowship, wow. our missionary family. Now, uh, at General Conference, if you've been there the last few years, you realize that we have an offering that is called I Am Global. I Am Global. Now, the, the purpose for that offering is this, to cut down the length of travel our missionaries go through year after year. In fact, for, for many years, I put the schedule together for our missionaries traveling across North America. And uh, I know that some of them traveled uh, up to 18 months, some even longer than that. And so the I Am Global offering is to reduce that travel down to a roughly six months travel rather than uh, a year and a half. Right. Now, at General Conference, we have a, that offering received. One of our missionaries sent me his testimony and uh, he, he related how that at General Conference, he gave the largest check offering he had ever given in his life. He said, you know, I, I didn't know how everything was going to work out. But he sent me his testimony. He said, before the month of January was over, we repeatedly received the exact amount of what we gave in our December offering the next seven churches we were in. That was, that was payback. You know, what, why? Now, you, you know, faith, faith uh, I'm not here for a faith promise service, but I am here to talk about faith. Faith is where you are willing to obey as God Almighty directs and leaving the results up to him. That's what this missionary did. He felt God impress him to write the largest offering, uh, the largest check offering he had ever given. And God blessed him in the next seven service, which is not normal. I know that because I, I, I worked with them so many years. And I know that, you know, that, that doesn't happen unless you obey God. In fact, one of our missionaries was traveling on deputation, going up the East Coast, and uh, uh, he was traveling by himself. His wife was in Texas, uh, and he was by himself arriving in one of our states, the state of Maryland, and he said, I arrived there with a total of $3 in my pocket. I had called ahead to get my schedule of services and was told, brother, you're coming right during our, right during our district conference, and I, I can't get you anything until, uh, until Sunday. But he said, brother Lehman, I arrived there with $3 in my pocket, and I was going to be there the rest of that week. And he said, uh, in the first service I was in, he said they made an appeal for a special offering. God spoke to me and said, put your $3 in the offering. But God, this is all I have. This is it. But he said, I couldn't get away from it. He said, the closer that pan got to where I was, I felt you've got to give. He said, I put my last $3 in the offering. And wondered, well, how am I going to make it out the rest of this week? Later on in the same service, the district superintendent looked back and saw the missionary and said, we've got a missionary with us here tonight. He said, I feel like we need to give that, uh, take up an offering for that missionary. He said, man, I was glad to hear that. 
They took up the offering. At the close of the service, they brought the offering to him with a smile on their face. And they said, Brother, we got a nice offering for you tonight. It was $1,003. He watches. He watches. Now, again, I, I, you know, I, I, love, I love our missionaries. I, I worked with them so many years. I, I know their, their travel, and I know uh, so much about them. In fact, uh, to, hear, to hear the testimony from Haiti this morning, that's exciting. That's exciting. But then what shocked me was speaking their language. God put them there for a purpose, and we need to support them. I know you do, but... Everybody needs to get involved. Quit robbing yourself of God's blessings. Now let me tell you another account about about our missionaries traveling. One of them came home from the field and he wanted to get a motor home to travel from church to church. And uh, he he, uh, came home and, and checked out motor homes and found out I can't afford this. And so he thought, I'll get me a bus And I'll convert the bus into a motorhome. Well, that was quite a failure, too. Uh, He was traveling, again, by himself uh, in the state of Louisiana. And uh, uh, he was traveling and and had motor problems. He pulled in and thought they had the motor fixed. And then uh, come to find out that he drove 50 more miles and was told, you've got to replace it. He called his wife and said, honey, We've got to replace this motor, but we don't have the money. And uh, the church he was visiting there, they took up a special offering and sent it to the missionary, and he got the bus repaired. And he came back through. She was staying in Beaumont, Texas. And he came to the church in Beaumont where where, uh, she had been staying there and to pick up his wife. And there was a man in the church came up to the missionary and said, I want to tell you what happened to me uh, the night that we took up the special offering for the motor for your bus. He said, uh, uh, he said I had been saving money to blacktop my driveway. He said, I had been saving, I had saved up to that point, $380. And he said, in that service, God spoke to me and said, put your $380 in the offering. Well, you know, he argued with God, but God, this is for my driveway. But he, he, said, he said, I couldn't get away from it. I could not get away from it. And so he said, I put my $380 in the offering. He said, the next week, I came home from work. Wife and I came home from work, and we saw our, bl- our driveway was blacktopped, and we had not ordered it. He said, we didn't know what had happened. He said, a couple of days later, we came home, and they, the blacktop crew was a couple of doors down, blacktopping that driveway. They had blacktopped the wrong driveway. <laughs> And he got his free. That's God. What was he doing? Hey, he kind of guided that blacktop crew up to the wrong driveway. And they were back a few days later doing what they were supposed to be doing. You can't outgive God. You cannot outgive God. There's just no way. Now, let me me just ask you a question here. When the offering is taken, do you ask the Lord how much you should give? Or 
you know, well, I've been given a dollar. Let's put a dollar in the offering. Or I've been given five. Let's put five in the offering. Well, let's not do it. We, we don't have enough this week. He watches. He watches. He watches. Now, some go into a restaurant and tip more than they give in the offering. He's watching. He's watching. You know, there's a scripture that's, that's recorded in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. That really is, is, is quite a scripture on giving. And Jesus spoke it. Luke 6, 38. Jesus said this. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Do you know what that scripture is saying? Do you listen to it? Jesus said, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. I, my, my book, well, well, the two books. Both of them deal with this fact of giving and how Jesus gives back to you. It's him. It's just the way he works. And you can argue all you want to argue, folks, but you're going to lose. You're going to lose. In fact, I see these, uh, these young men on the front row. Well, almost all men. We've got one lady there. She's got to, you know, spruce up everything there. But... Uh, I was in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, I, I've been there several years, and, uh, but one lady came to me the first night, Saturday and, and Sunday, said, Brother Lehman, have you talked to my son yet? I said, no. She said, he's got a story for you. And uh, so uh, on Sunday, uh, the 16-year-old boy related his story that the year before, God impressed him to make a $10 a month commitment, and he had been wanting to get a car but had no money. And, but, but he was giving this $10 a month. And since the previous year, his grandfather had a 2000 Dodge that had 48,000 miles on it parked in the garage. He didn't even drive it anymore. And he gave it to the son, the 12 year or the 16 year old son that gave his $10 commitment. That was his answer. He wanted a car. Now, I, 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 don't want to, I don't want to run out of time here, but I just got this uh, uh, through the, uh, on the Internet last night. I was in Dayton, Ohio, the last Sunday of March, and uh, I really wasn't there uh, to preach on giving, but uh, by the time I got finished preaching that morning, I was preaching on giving. <laughs> well, here's, here's uh, some of the results. After the service, a man uh, was saving money for his daughter in Oklahoma uh, to fix issues on her home. And uh, in the service, he felt God impress him to give the $1,200 he was saving for his daughter in the offering. And uh, he told the pastor before leaving, he said, Pastor, I've got to give it to you now. I might change my mind when I get home. <laughs> gave the $1,200 and the next day received a job offer for more than the amount that he gave in the $1,200 given. Amen. 
The Lord was watching. In the same service, a second man had saved money to pay the deductible on uh, a new roof on his home and come to find out that the insurance company covered the, the, the deductible. It was $500. And he said, well, now, if I was going to give that to the insurance company, why can't I give it to God? And gave $500 before leaving the service. A third man in the same service, a couple saved money to assist their son in purchasing a car. They gave that money before leaving, and the son was given his car. All three, now that was $2,200 before they walked out the door that Sunday morning. Why? Well, God talked to them, and they obeyed. There's the key. Now, when the Lord speaks and you obey, you will get an answer. I can say that with, with assurance. Uh, God will, God will meet your need. You've just got to give him a chance. Now, uh, just a few months ago, I was preaching in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Uh, I had preached there years ago. In fact, about 13 years earlier, had never been back. Well, I went back this time, and uh, I had been preparing for that weekend and, and came across some, some uh, testimonies from the previous year I was there. Now, <laughs> the, uh, uh, th there was a couple uh, in that service back in uh, 2003 is when I was there. Uh, they were married and, and were very tight financially. But in the service, they felt God direct them to make a $50 a month commitment. Now, the man worked with a, another man who was a former Baptist pastor. And he told the uh, young man from the church, he said, you know, uh, God's been dealing with me about, uh, about uh, helping someone out with $50 a month. He said, I think I'm going to do that for you. Gave that man $50. Now, I related that testimony just a couple months ago. And the man that made that, com that, made that $50 commitment uh, 15 years ago is now the pastor. I didn't know that. He is now the pastor of the church. God saw his willingness to obey 15 years ago and rewarded him. And after the service, he said, Brother Lehman, that was me. That was my wife and I. I didn't know that. But as I related the testimony, God let him know I was watching what you were doing way back then. Now, here we are at the close of this service this morning. I believe God has already spoken to a number of people here. Uh, there, there's just so many so many testimonies that, that, uh, that, I, uh, th that I could relate. But uh, the time is, is getting late. But I, I simply, let me give you a miracle. Now, the, the uh, young man that was, that was here uh, this morning being prayed for from Haiti, I, I just felt to relate this testimony for your benefit. Uh, one of our pastors in the Hawaiian Islands, I've known him for a number of years, and uh, uh, I called him, in fact, I still work with foreign missions, even though I'm so-called retired. I still work uh, week after week with, with our missionaries, calling pastors and all. And so I called this pastor, and before hanging up, I didn't call him for this. Uh, I called him for another reason, and he said, Brother Lehman, I want to give you the testimony that happened in my church just recently. He said, there's a lady 26 years old. She was born with one and one-half lung. She only had a half lung. 
and she's 26 years old now, and she was having some, some problems, went to the doctor, and the doctor told her, he said, your, your left half lung is dead. We are going to have to remove it. And so uh, that night at church, she was prayed for. The following Sunday, she was prayed for again. But that Sunday afternoon, she said she just felt like something was happening. She didn't know what, but, uh, but yet it bothered her. And, and then uh, through the night, it bothered her again. The next morning, she said, it just felt like I was through an operation. So she said, I went to the doctor and went in and, and he started examining me because, you know, she was to go back to get an operation. Well, she went back to the doctor and the doctor started checking her out. And he said, no, no there must be something wrong here. He said, uh, he, he said my, my, uh, my, my, my equipment here is showing that you've got 63% volume in your left lung. And he said, we've got to check these machines out. So he checked the machine out and come back again, and it was showing 85%. And then he said, something must be wrong with our machines. What's going on here? And uh, he, he said uh, they put a camera up for her left lung, and the doctor come back and said, you have a brand new left lung. Brand new. Now, the doctor, the doctor still wouldn't believe that. I mean, even though they had the x-rays from, you know, half lung and now a new lung. They flew her from Hawaii to Los Angeles. They paid the airfare. They paid the uh, motel. They paid the food. They paid the whole shebang. And they put 14 doctors and nurses in a room with her. And they started quizzing her about what had happened to her. And she told them, she said, I was baptized, I, I, I was prayed for in Jesus' name, and God Almighty has given me a brand new lung. And she said, I, I just want you to know why I've got this new lung. And the main doctor looked at her and said, ever since you were in here the first day, he said, I have cried. I've never in my life seen anything like this, a brand new lung. Now, God, you're still in the miracle working business, folks. God Almighty is still in the miracle working business. Whether it be physical, whether it be money, hey, God still does it. Still does it, but you've got to give him a chance. And friend, when you do, wow, things happen. God is a miracle working God in this day and age. And whatever the Lord has spoken to you concerning this sacrificial offering today. It may be beyond your comprehension. And many times, folks, that happens. Whenever, whenever God speaks, many times it's just beyond you. What about the uh, prophet Elijah in the Old Testament? When God told him, he said, go to the city of Zarephath. I have spoken to a widow woman there to sustain you. Well, she was in serious problems. She was ready for one final meal, and that would be it. But she obeyed the prophet of God, and God did the miracle. God provided their food, which she said, we only got enough for one more day. God provided it for one year. Why? He's still the miracle working God. And whatever the Lord has impressed you to do here this morning, if you will obey, 
He's going he, to meet your need. I am so convinced of that. I've preached this long enough to know that he's still in the financial. You see, God, no, notice it. God is our financial advisor. God is our financial advisor. Now, you can go to a bank and, and try to reason out with them what you ought to do. Hey, go to him. Just, just talk to the Lord and say, Lord, you see this service I'm in this morning. God, you know what I can or what I cannot do. But God, I'm trusting you. And when you trust Almighty God, you can expect the miraculous. He's that kind of God. He's that kind of God. So I just challenge you this morning. Challenge you this morning. I, I, I've got a lot more I could say, but I'm stopping. I've got to give you a chance to respond. And when you do, what I'm expecting is, is the results. You see that man that I was with in Dayton, Ohio? They, they had three testimonies the same day before they walked out of the building. $1,200, They obeyed, and God did the miraculous. So here I am here. What I'm looking for is the results of this service. There will be results. I'm convinced of that. I've traveled too much to know, uh, to, to know different. God, whatever your condition is, even, even, I, I've, even just, just in the past, uh, recent, widow ladies, widow ladies from overseas that have come to America, happened one of them in Atlanta, Georgia, Brother Daryl John's church, a lady came from South America, came in, sat in the service that Sunday morning, and I preached, and she was there without a job, without a, a, really a place to stay, no money, uh, and, and, and she felt God direct her to make a $20 commitment. She made a commitment, and that afternoon, someone knocked at her door and said, I came to just check on you, and gave her over between two and $300, which took care of the year's commitment. Why? He saw her giving. He saw her level of faith. Where is your level of faith this morning or this afternoon? Where is it? If you will respond, he'll do the miraculous. And I turn the service to your pastor for him to just speak what God is directing him to speak to you. So listen. Listen. 